0: welcome to the all in your head podcast where we get all in your head we are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health we'll have special guests ranging from mental health experts mental health advocates and just everyday people with real struggles we will share laughs we will share cries but most importantly we will have real conversations about mental health so with that being said let's get all in your head woo
1: Yeah, man, I'm good to jump right in.
0: All right. So, Riley, we are going to be talking about parenting today. So first, if you could just introduce yourself and what do you do?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Riley Cochran. I'm a licensed mental health and licensed addictions counselor. Uh, I have a group practice here in Colorado. We work primarily with youth that are involved in the system, um, but we also do A lot of kind of parent coaching parent education um i I try to put out some content and things like that as well to try to help parents understand what teens kind of brains look like and how teens make decisions and act and even more than that kind of going below and beneath the behaviors i think that are very very challenging as parents and adults when we're working with teenagers
0: great And I asked you to be on the podcast because we're doing a series within a series. We're doing a performance series. uh, And within that, we're talking to some parenting experts. And I use experts with air quotes because who really is an expert at parenting, (laughs) right? We just give it our best and and see what happens. Before we go into parenting, I just want to talk about the Aspire Performance and how this episode fits into this model that I created Uh, So in my work with people, I created a model to just enhance mental health, enhance their overall life. It's called the Spire Performance. And at the top of the Spire is uh, performance. And so achieving goals with passion and purpose. And what we really do in this section is really define what areas of people's life they want to bring a better version of themselves forward. They want to improve on they want to enhance. For some people, it's actually parenting. They come to treatment and say, hey, I just want to be a better parent. That's my main goal, and that's what we focus on. But for many people, it's business, it's it's school, it's athletic performance, performing arts. It's all types of things, but we really use that as our measure of progress together. Cool. Once we define that, we start at the bottom of the spire, and we talk about physical health which I define as caring for the body through proactive and responsive practices. So, we really take a look at physical health, which includes diet, exercise, sleep, and then relationships with drugs and alcohol. And I like to have that as a foundation because we address that first. I've seen that a lot of people can make some pretty significant progress in their lives, but also in their mental health, just by changing their physical health habits. And then we move on to their environment, which I define as engaged in, in healthy and stimulating spaces. So I ask people just to really evaluate where they spend their time, both the physical space, but the people, and really evaluate if that's a healthy place for them. And if it's not, just make some adjustments to those spaces. Sometimes the adjustment is removing yourself from those spaces and finding a different place. Sometimes it's just enhancing the places and the spaces that you're in. And sometimes it's eliminating people from your places as well, uh, because sometimes we have people in our lives that just they do not add to our mental health and we don't have to be around them. And so sometimes for people, it's just about finding out and figuring out who those people are and uh, removing them from their lives. And I know that sounds harsh, but uh, our mental health is most important. So if there's people head. who whoop, don't add whoop. to that. I always say to people, it's time for them to kick rocks.
1: Got to prioritize, man. <laughs> That's right.
0: And we take a then we take a look at security, which is defined by psychologically, physically, and financially secure. So really taking a look at weaknesses, looking at threats, looking at financial security, uh, which uh, we've talked about in prior podcasts, and just making sure that you're safe both psychologically, but then you're physically and also financially, and just really assessing uh, those weaknesses and threats and and being able to mitigate those. And then the next section is mental health, uh, which I define as caring for the mind through proactive and responsive practices. And obviously I'm a therapist, so I spend a lot of time in this space just helping people to to think better, to live better, to manage their external environment better, and then also their internal environment, which is their mind. And then we get to relationships, and that's what we're going to talk about today today. Obviously, relationships involves different types of relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, but also parenting. I define relationships as developing and maintaining, satisfying, fulfilling connections. Developing is the key word, right? Developing relationships. For many of us, uh, we have to put work into connecting with people and and developing and initiating those relationships. With kids, you just have to have sex, right? And then you have (laughs) have kids. (laughs) So it's a a little different as far as how you develop those relationships. But once you develop those, you're stuck with them, right? And we're going to be talking about parenting today and just some strategies to be better parents. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach by any means, but that's the topic for today. A mini-series. I've talked to three. You'll be my third parenting expert, air quotes. And I'm really excited to have you.
1: Cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes, let's dig into it. The first thing that I wanted to talk to you, because you're out there, you're working with kids, you're working with parents, is just what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now in parenting and even just with kids and what they're dealing with?
1: I think everybody's worried, honestly. I think there's a lot of fear, and I'm sure there's been. Parents are always kind of worried and scared about how their kids are going to turn out or what their kids are up to, or if their kid's going to make a mistake that they're not going to be able to pull themselves out of. Um, And so it's not like a a new trend by any means that people are scared and worried, but I think it's been amplified in some senses. You know, there's been a massive rise in in youth gun violence. Mm -hmm. There's been a massive rise in gun violence kids feel that fear parents feel that fear um and so you know i think the biggest kind of trend that i see is it is really hard to parent from a fear-based place but it's also a big part of people's kind of reality right now and trying to navigate these nuances that are in our society
0: yeah there's unfortunately there's a lot to be fearful of right yeah. And it's not like his parents were just making up shit to be to be afraid of. Like there's right. plenty, right? And and yeah, and the youth violence is one of them. School violence. Most of our kids go to school if they're you know, once they get to school age, they start going to school. And you know, I think we fear for our kids differently than even when we're in school. Yeah. And uh it's it's it it does create fear, anxiety for everyone, I think. And people deal with that differently.
1: Yeah. You know, I kind of see everybody does respond to it differently and deal with it differently. One of kind of the common trends I see is I think it either.
0: Look, being in the behavior health space, I know how frustrating it can be to not know the current status of your insurance reimbursements or even how much you will get reimbursed. Illuminate Billing Advocates is championing better behavior health billing through their tools like their dashboard that provide full transparency into your claim cycle. Check out more at illuminatebilling.com. Seems
1: to freeze parents up to the point where, hey, I don't even know how to approach this, so I'm going to avoid it and kind of stay in this frozen, stuck place. Um, Or it goes the other way where it's like, I'm so scared that I need to attack this. I need to be all hands on deck. And we kind of turn into this like micromanaging, Mm. uh, much more over-assertive parenting approach as well with things where both have you know it's it's a trauma-based response right like we're literally talking fight or flight or freeze in a lot of ways there and so just trying to work with parents on like how to manage our own internal narrative and distress, so that we don't necessarily have to feel this overcompensated step one direction or another
0: yeah that's very well said and I'll just echo that, you know, for parents and I'm a parent, you're a parent. So we're speaking to yeah. ourselves as well, just about taking care of ourselves, doing the things that we know we need to do to manage our stress because kids sense that, right? If if we're stressed, number one, there's just a sense of that and, and it just feels a certain way in the household. Like, you know, we've all worked in and gone into houses where it just feels tense. And sometimes that's been my own house in full transparency. And yeah. kids kids sense that, number one, but then Number two, a lot of times those parents, if we are stressed, we then take that out on the people who we love or the people who are closest to us in proximity. And a lot yeah. of times those people are our kids.
1: Yeah, kids, I think they have the best radar on reading people out of any age out there, especially teenagers for whatever reason. And so, you know, I think it's uh, at the same time too, right? Like it's okay for parents to not be perfect and to be concerned or afraid. And it's okay to like show that in front of our kids. I think it's just also demonstrating that we recognize that's what we're going through and we're working on It It is a step that that modeling piece, man, kids view and watch so much. Uh, Sometimes what they see actually holds more weight than what they're hearing or what their interactions are.
0: Yeah, you know who does it for me is my six-year-old son. And I hate it and love it at the same time because he does a good job reflecting to me what he's seen. He may be yeah. a future therapist, I don't know, <laughs> but he'll he's still under, is trying to learn and understand emotions and what facial expressions means and different things like that. But there will be times where he'll look at me and he'll he'll kind of guess at a feeling. He'll be like, Dad, are you confused <laughs> or <"Dad, laughs> are you frustrated? <laughs> I have to catch my I have to do some self-reflection like well actually what am I feeling right now because he's obviously picking up on something right yeah. and uh, like I said I I I love it sometimes I hate it because he's kind of calling me out he doesn't know he's calling me out but he's kind of calling me out
1: yeah yeah man that's funny my my five-year-old's the same way so he doesn't yeah. know what I'm feeling but he can tell when something's off
0: right yeah it's really interesting Anything else, while we're on trends, anything else that you're seeing out there? We talked about fear and anxiety in, in regards to a lot of the things that are going on in our society. Anything else that you're seeing?
1: I think, the, you know, the social media piece is, and just technology in general is something that it, it's a generational difference, right? And I, I think, um, you know, thinking back to my childhood and talking to my dad about his upbringing and things like that. Like there always seems to be these generational shifts or nuances that come up. But uh, I think right now it's social media and technology are things that our kids probably know more about us more about than we do. Um, And so parents are in this place where it's, it's hard to know how to approach it. Um, I think power struggles happen so much with social media
0: yeah, and I have a preteen about to be a teen, uh, twelve going on thirteen. Well, twelve going on seventeen. It's just now starting to get to that point where she's knowing different things, whether it be social media platforms or even people on social media that I just I don't know anything about, right? Sure. And I and I never wanted to be that dad that is not uh, hip to everything and kind of know what's going on. And but I'm starting to make that transition from from cool dad to. To 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 old uh, confused doesn't know what's going on lame man so it's finally arrived and I'm 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 fighting it but uh, I don't think I can fight it off much longer and you know you talked about social media I mean it's so true I mean we've had so many discussions in our house about when is the right time for a phone and what social media platforms should we allow for our kids and how do we manage those and. Part of our knowledge base is just talking to other parents and, and getting an assessment from them, like, hey, what do you what are you doing? And not to say that that's always the right answer, but you know, we're trying to get an idea of what the norm is, right? Because we're also yeah. having our kids come home and saying, hey, well, so-and-so is allowed to do this and they have this. And, you know, we then we throw out the old, well, I'm not their parent, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> which, you know, dang, as I'm talking about this, I'm trying to start to turn to my dad. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to figure that all out. And and I don't know that there's one answer per se, right? Just like with parenting, there's not just one answer. I, I, I definitely think that there's lines that you can cross. And I think that there's this healthy and unhealthy and, and safe and harmful. Like, I, I certainly uh, think that those things do exist. But when it comes to parenting, a lot of times it's it's a judgment call based on who you are as a parent, who you want to be as a parent, and then your kid because every kid is different as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I like the uh, checking in with what other people around you are doing as well, um, because it it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do what your neighbor is doing right, but you get a more generalized sense of even what your options are. So often we uh, feel like our options are just what we know, and it's hard to kind of talk outside of our little box or our circle to figure out what other people are doing, but man, we live in a, a very intuitive and creative world right now I think um parents are actually doing some pretty cool and creative approaches to social media it's just about having those conversations at times it will bring up some like of your own parenting stuff of mm-hmm. you know am I might am I being too old am I being mm-hmm. too harsh here? um Safety is a big thing, too, though. I think that is like the one thing is like as parents, it is our job to at least try to educate ourselves on what the safety concerns might be with different platforms so that we can at least be the educator to our kids if they if they're going to start using those platforms and going down those roads, Um, because our kids get their information from their friends, typically, and You know, who knows how informed a a 13-year-old is about all the deep, dark places of TikTok or what can happen on different um, platforms. And so, you know, I I think, again, like, just talking to other parents about what do they know and how do they approach these conversations or what are their rules. At the end of the day, it's funny, you know, I know you asked me to kind of think a little bit about, like, Tips, um, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, but like one of the biggest things is to just just start, you know, just start having a conversation, just start talking about it, just start looking into the different platforms, um, and kind of pulling yourself out of that like fight or freeze place, and just just take one step.
0: You can't avoid it, right? I mean, no. If you avoid it, you don't talk to your kids, then someone else is going to get to them first right and so you're you're right and some of the conversations are are easier than others to have with your kids so I certainly certainly understand that so let's get into we're going to get into some tips and tricks and tools and advice whatever you want we want to call it but let's get into some pitfalls first and uh, this isn't a blaming a blaming or shaming part of the episode because I'm sure a lot of the pitfalls that we are are discussing, uh, we've fallen into these and may be climbing ourselves out of some of these. (laughs) What are you seeing uh, in regards to some common pitfalls with parents?
1: I think giving up, like feeling hopeless, like it's impossible to get your relationship with your kid to a place where you want it to go or feeling like so overwhelmed with whatever is presented in front of you whether it's behaviorally or social media you know societal wise peer wise whatever it might be substance use All in your just head. being ooh, ooh. afraid and having that put you in a place of you know it's not going to work out so so what's the point why even try and I get it man you know I have a, a five-year-old and uh like there's days where man he will test my patients mm-hmm. if it's like watching his show and he doesn't you know he doesn't want to turn it off to eat dinner um he'll throw a tantrum right and it's so easy for me to just be like fine just just watch your fucking show as you eat that's fine (laughs) and you know i'm not gonna lie like every once in a while i check myself and know how much energy i got in the tank for that conversation and that process right so there's days where I'll say like giving up or kind of caving in is, is what's needed in that moment, but trying to just make sure it's not like a consistent thing because once it happens once and it it's a lot easier for it to happen again and again and again and again, and And then all of a sudden you're in a very uh, like giving up or being concerned about taking that step with your kid in that relationship, having that conversation, whatever it might be the more you kind of avoid and step back from it, the bigger it gets. And I think the more intimidating it gets. And, um, again, back to just taking that step and starting, right. Like, uh, mm-hmm. shit doesn't just get broken overnight, so it's going to take some time. Um, you know, I think the, the other pitfall that I kind of see that builds off of this is getting really impatient and wanting things to change and be done differently, mm-hmm. like immediately whether that's trust or like, you know, I really, my kid doesn't talk to me. I want them to be open with me about what they're going through. And, you know, so they'll go and try and they'll take that step and they'll try to check in and see, Hey, you know, I just want to know what's really going on with you, how things are really going. And the kid, you know, gives them a, a fuck you. I'm not ready for this conversation response. Um, And then it's kind of back to, all right, see, it's not going to work. I'm I'm not, I'm not, what's the point. And so just kind of also having some understanding that it's going to take some persistence and some consistency on your end. Sometimes as a parent, you're going to have to work harder than your kid to rebuild stuff at times.
0: Yeah. I taught parenting skills before I was a parent. And I think I was pretty effective. I think I was able to to give people good advice and, and lead them in the right direction. But one thing I really lacked was the empathy piece. Mm-hmm. I would still be that guy at a restaurant, you know, trying to enjoy dinner and judging the family across the <laughs> way because their kids are out of control or judging the, the family who had their kid behind an iPad when they're supposed to be having dinner. Like I, I certainly did that. And I feel guilty for that as I reflect on it. But uh, now that I am a parent, I understand and, and don't judge as much and, and, and practice a lot more empathy because kids are exhausting. I mean, life, life is exhausting kids are exhausting too, right? And so if our life is already challenging, we've got a lot of stress, a lot of different things going on. And then we add this stress of our kids, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we need to check out, right? And I've even mm-hmm. told my wife, you know, she'd be out of town or whatever. And I'll just say, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm going to be a very mediocre father today <laughs> <laughs> because, because I just got a lot of stuff going on. I need I need to yeah. like my own time. I need to veg out, watch TV, you know, put him in front of a movie or whatever it is because I need that for myself and that, and that's okay. And we yeah. need to provide space for that.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you speaking on that, man. Cause it is okay. You know, like not, it's not always going to be perfect. Some days we don't have to stand on that Hill and fight that battle with our kid. And, you know, like you said, being aware of like today I am mediocre dad and that's okay. We'll, we'll be super dad sometime later. <laughs> <down."> <laughs>
0: I definitely have a lot of super dad days too. Don't get me wrong. Right. I have more <laughs> I have more super dad days than mediocre dad days. But I think the mediocre dad days help me to to have more have more super dad days. So and yeah, you know, I'll just add to that as far as pitfalls and we we've mentioned it, but just as parents making sure that we're just taking care of ourselves and managing our stress. And doing the things that we need to do for ourselves and really, really evaluate, evaluate our relationships, evaluate our health habits, whatever it is, because number one, we're modeling for our kids. But then number two, whatever stress or baggage that we have outside of this house, we bring into the house. And uh, that's a common pitfall that I see. And it's, you know, it's funny because we're talking about parenting, but I, one of my biggest advice for people is, is an individual advice, taking care of yourself and being healthy and as healthy as you possibly can for yourself, because that will only naturally help you to become a better parent as well.
1: Yeah. I I like, I really, I know it's cheesy and corny, but like the saying of like, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of other people.
0: Um, Seatbelt or the, uh, what they call it, the, uh, the playing the mask. That's what, and that's a seatbelt. That's not, it's kind of a seatbelt too, but the mask, you know, putting on your mask so that you can, uh, help others and be available for the people around you and that's that's yeah. corny and cheesy too but since we're being corny and cheesy together <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just so true man for me you know like if i know that's my physical fitness like if i don't take care of my physical fitness it mm-hmm. trails over in every other area of my life so quick and there's different areas to my own wellness but as parents that's it, raising kids takes a shitload of energy um and and if we don't have that with ourselves, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to show up for our kids. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: you know, I think the other kind of pitfalls that show up pretty regularly are we've all been kids. We've all had our own parenting experiences before. And it's really common for people to kind of step into um, one, either I'm not going to be like my dad mm-hmm. when the way he raised me. Or we kind of get in this place where we start projecting our own our own fears, our own anxieties. You know, oh, when I was a kid, uh, I did this. And that really made things hard for myself, for my own life. So I'm going to make sure my kid doesn't go through the same struggle that I went through. Um, yeah. But some struggles we got to go through ourselves to learn, too. Yeah. So.
0: i just add one more pitfall and then we'll, we'll move to tools and advice. And that's just. Lack of quality time, and you know this is just so important uh, for yeah. for kids, but also for ourselves. And oftentimes, people think, or, or they'll say, "No, we spend a lot of time together, but it's just in the same house or in the same room, even, but it's not quality time." So, what I mean by quality time is engaged with the other person, in tune with the other person, uh, elimination of distractions, right? whether it be your phone, TV, whatever it is, and just connecting. And I always tell parents, the more, uh, as I call them, time-ins that you have with kids, especially younger kids, the less timeouts you're going to have. Kids yeah. love attention, and they'll do anything to get it. And you want your kid to learn and understand that they will get the most attention when they're doing the right things and yeah. when they're engaged in healthy relationships with you. Not when they're doing the wrong thing. Because if your kid starts to learn that in order to get my parents' attention, I need to act out, Mm -hmm. you're not in a good place. And if your kid learns that and and you reinforce that, they're going to act out more. You're going to react more. And it just turns into the spiral. Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. So quality time. Put away your phone. Connect. Connect be in tune that'll go a long way and it's a really easy thing to do and it's it's actually free <laughs> so, we're talking about pitfalls and the side pitfall is thinking that quality time has to involve a lot of money right like let's take them to an amusement park or let's spend a hundred dollars in the movie theater no you don't need to do that play a freaking game in your living room
1: right <laughs> uh, yeah bill a fort do whatever <laughs> um And that attunement part is huge. You know, I think kids really back to that like sixth sense that they kind of have feeling people, kids really connect with that felt sense of, is my dad in this room, in this space with Mm -hmm. me? They don't have the words for that, but man, do they feel that strongly when it's there?
0: Yeah. And we're moving on to tools and advice. And I'm going to throw out the first one just because it's in line with what we're talking about. And, And that's if you're watching a show with a kid watch the show with the kid it's amazing <laughs> i'll be watching i just realized this recently cuz a lot of times my my kid will have you know some cartoon on and i'm not really interested so i'll just get on my phone and just kind of mess around and do other things lately yeah. my my kids like looks at me and he, what he's looking for is is my parent in tune with the show as much as and enjoying this as much as i am and i've found that my kids they love it when I'm just watching one of their shows and yeah. and engaged and talking about it. And it's an easy thing to do most of the time. Like There's some shows that I just can't stand. I'm not going to put those <laughs> shows on blast on my podcast. Uh, blippy, there's one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, if you are watching a show with your kid, watch the freaking show. Yeah.
1: It's hard, man, because our anxiety pulls us out of that, right? Oh like, yeah, oh, for sure. Show is boring. This yeah. sucks. I'm gonna hop on my phone. I'm not being productive. My kid doesn't yeah. care. Why? Yeah. you know, I'm sitting here. I fall into that pitfall all the time, man. Of just watching a show and then hopping on my phone. Honestly, often like unconsciously, and then that look comes and I'm like, damn, like this is an easy moment for me to be connected here. Um, yeah. My- my kid loves Stinky and Dirty. It's like a little show about mm-hmm. two, two dirt trucks. Yeah. Uh, but man, just those conversations and those shared laughs—they go a long ways.
0: Yeah, and I even went as far as we had to turn the show off the other day, and I looked at my son and said, "Promise me you will not finish this without me." And he was so he was <laughs> so excited. he ate that up. He's like, "I promise, that. I promise, that I, <laughs> I won't." And then the next day, he was like, "Daddy, you ready to watch our show?" So. Uh, <laughs> So what are some other tools and advice do you have for parents that, you know, sometimes they're just little things, right? That can go a long way. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, we work primarily with like 12 to 20 year olds. And I think the importance of just talking to your kid and actually having them put some input into scheduling meaningful time Mm -hmm. is huge, Um, you know, and one of the hardest things about it is they're teenagers. So, you know, the, oh, they don't want to, they'll tell me no, Um, trying really hard not to take that personal, but then kind of being consistent. You know, if you ask your kid, hey, when can we sit down and figure out a time where we can do something fun together? And they're like, no, never. I'm not doing that. Ask again the next week. Ask again the next week. Eventually, that door is going to open up. And and that moment is going to be there. Your kid wants to connect with you. They just might not trust. If it hasn't been happening, it's pretty likely that they might not trust that, like, you're actually being serious or it's not actually going to be followed through with. And so there's this hesitant, resistant, kind of avoidant initial response on their end so that's where like it's our job as caregivers to be the ones to show up and be like no i'm I'm serious this time i know we haven't been doing this um but this is meaningful man i really want to kind of reconnect our relationship here you know i I think uh
0: can i add one one thing to that yeah yeah. And, and just invest in that time and and enjoy you know enjoy that time with your kid because you really want them to walk away with the sense that that was a pleasurable, enjoyable experience, right? Because, and in order to do that, you're going to have to fight off some things because especially the critic, I think the critic comes out a lot uh, when you're, when you're dealing with your kid and, and the temptation will be to judge or to criticize certain things, right? if you're just playing a game together and that can quickly shut down that time. And so um, just be there, be present and enjoy the time. And, and really going with this lens of I want my kid, whether it be five minutes or an hour, I want them to walk away feeling good about this experience, because if they feel good about it, there's a greater likelihood that it's going to happen again. Yeah, no, I think
1: that's very important to speak on, too. You know, I know we talked about pitfalls, and I think, honestly, one of the tips and one of the first conversations I have with all parents really is a self-reflective piece and process of like, where do you actually fall in these pitfalls? Are you that more avoidant, frozen parent? Or are you that more aggressive, assertive, uh, micromanaging parent and recognizing that it's not going to change drastically overnight for yourself and having some grace with yourself, but also intentionally starting to shave back a little bit the pieces that are too one sided or the other. So, you know, if you are that avoidant parent, just taking that little step of, you know, Hey, how was school? If there's something big about school that you're needing to talk to them about, um, like you don't have to be, feeling like shit, I have to take this huge step and we have to address the monkey in the room immediately. But like working with yourself to take, I call it like just shaving the ice off the top, like just slowly start shaving the ice off the top so that you're working towards where you actually want to be with your kid and, and taking some of that pressure of this has to be this drastic overnight change in yourself and your approach because Honestly, drastic changes are super overwhelming, not only for yourself, but to the other person. It's like, who the hell is this new person approach yeah. What is going on? I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Um, and so just starting to take like little steps. But it starts with that self-reflective piece of being able to recognize, hey, am I overcompensating right now with this issue about friends? Because my parents had no rules about friends and I got into a whole bunch of trouble with my friends or, or the opposite, right? My parents were super strict with my friends and I had no freedom. So I'm, I'm going to completely step back, but it's gotten out of control now. And so just being aware of where you're at with those pitfalls and starting to kind of shave the ice off the top a little bit.
0: Yeah. I like that. Shave the ice. And we all just have our comfort zone as parents too. the, the, aspects of parenting that just come easy and natural to us for me it's the play like I, it's easy for me to just to hang out and play with my kids and laugh and goof around but where I struggle and I'm fully admitting it is the discipline side with my kids and so that's where my wife comes in but that that puts her in the position of the bad person right like she she comes in and she throws down the hammer and then I just get the label as the, the fun parent, and she's the the disciplinarian, right? And, and that's not fair to her, right? So I think I'm, yeah. on both sides, I think we both have had to compromise a little bit. She's had to learn how to, you know, have more fun and just kind of lessen things go and and just focus on being engaged and having fun with the kids. And I've had to step up, and, and I'm still learning, by the way. I'm not perfect, but still had to step up and learn how to be more of a disciplinarian and and ask more questions about you know are your room clean uh, is how's your homework going more directing type behaviors if they're you know making some bad decisions and and that doesn't um, come as natural to me and it's certainly not as enjoy, enjoyable to me <laughs> um, but i know you know number one my kids need that and they need to see me see me in that role but also my partner needs that from me as well because yeah. You know, If you are a co-parent, and I know some of uh, you are not, but if you are a co-parent, you really have to work together as a team and really compromise and do some things that don't come as easy or natural to you because that's what the other partner needs uh, as well from you, right? So it's about the kids and mm-hmm. what they need, but also, also what your partner needs. And if you're a single parent, God bless you because that's one of the hardest jobs in the world because you have to wear all those hats, right? And, uh, you know, I hope if you are a single parent, you know, I really hope and 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 encourage you to tap into a support system, you know, whether that be uh, friends, uh, relatives, the school, whoever it is, because it really does, you know, we're being corny and cliche, but it really does take a village, right, to, to raise a child.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And single parent, you know, that is a superhero job for sure. But that self-care piece is even bigger in that role and it's harder to find, I think, too. So, you know, like you said, kind of tapping into your resources a little bit. And even if it's just finding someone who can watch the kids for five minutes so you can have that that five minute decompress reset piece.
0: Yeah. And we you know, we talked about trends and and we're past that. But one trend that I've seen, too, is is more single parents, but also grandparents raising kids. Mm-hmm. And that comes with a whole new set of, of challenges just from many different angles and you know again i'll just go back to you know if you are in that situation single parent even a grandparent raising a kid you can't do it on your own and so you have to tap into whatever resources that you have church school friends the community whatever it is to help out right don't be afraid to ask for help we all need help from time to time right and there's a lot of people who actually want to help
1: yeah you know i think the other little piece of uh tips that i like to put out there man is If you make a mistake, which we're going to make all the time, um, just owning it and naming it, you know, I think one of the things that comes up so much for parents is why isn't my kid accountable? Why won't they Mm -hmm. talk? They take accountability for what they're doing. Um, And one of the instead of like trying to beat the value of accountability into your kid. One of the easiest, quickest ways to help your kids start to become accountable is to show them what being accountable looks like. Um, You know, there's a lot of fears and that critic comes up for sure when we do make mistakes as parents. But the value and the power for me, at least is more about the process of owning a mistake and then bringing your kid into that conversation so that your kid and you are now in a collaborative place of working through things together instead of it being like I messed up I can never I can never say anything about that I I can't even address this issue with my kid anymore we're just gonna let that go and let that be Um,
0: yeah and I think with that comes grace hopefully on both sides because I've certainly seen situations where parents are vulnerable and admit that they've made mistakes and just kind of based on where the relationship is especially with teenagers they, they don't provide that grace. You know, if, if your kid is doing that, just a, just a sign of a lack of relationship, right. That you've really lost that relationship because you're keeping score and, and uh, you know, you're looking for faults and different things like that. But, you know, I've, I've seen situations where there's just not any grace, uh, grace, grace provided for yourself. Number one, cause you are going to make that mistake, but providing grace to your kid cause they're going to make mistakes kids you know if we have any young people listening you know give your parents some grace too i mean you know it's, it's not easy being a parent and you know there's a lot of parents out there they're like i can't wait until my kids have kids right because <laughs> they're gonna see how hard it is and then i'm gonna Go say longer. i told you so <laughs> but it's true right like you know Absolutely. my kid my kids judge me all the time and they're like daddy why do you do it this way and man you should do it this way i'm like okay just you wait <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And even that, man, like our kids' reactions to stuff, it's information. It tells us where the relationship's really at. And so I think that's, you know, another tip is to like authentically, honestly step back and look at where your relationship with your kid truly is. Because without trust, without connection, all those bigger other problems are going to be even harder to work on. So sometimes we do have to throw stuff to the side and get down to the root of where the relationship is really at. Not only where you as a parent feel like it's at, but I think sometimes the hard part is also trying to listen to our kids and what they're telling us around where they feel like the relationship is at too. And knowing, you know, we're not going to be able to address rules and expectations right now in this moment, we do have some trust and some connection to build first before we're able to get to that place effectively.
0: Yeah, good. Another tool or advice that I'll throw out is just setting boundaries as parents. And I work with a lot of parents who do a lot of guilt parenting because their kid has been through some stuff, whether it be a divorce, whether it be witnessing violence, All whatever in your it is. Head because of that, they feel bad, right? And they feel like they have to make it up to them. And their version of making it up to them is just making, trying to make their life as easy as possible and letting them get away with a bunch of stuff and and just being their friend, right? And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about relationship and connection with your kid, we're talking about a friendship, but we're not talking, at least I'm not talking about being friends, right? You are not your kid's friends friend you're not their buddy you're not their homie right and i i do see that quite a bit and you know working with with parents and kids they'll often say oh no we have a great relationship but the kid is out there doing whatever they want and at some point you do have to set those boundaries for yourself but also within your household and really determine what those are and And your kid is going to uh, not respond very positively to that at first because they're not used to having boundaries, but it's needed, right? You're teaching your kid how to navigate the world and how to navigate a world with boundaries and with rules and with norms. And if they don't get that growing up in your household, then they're going to they're going to resist that when they're in the quote unquote real world because they're not used to having those boundaries They're not used to having roles. And so that's just another piece of advice I'd give to parents, specifically parents who maybe have gotten stuck in this trap of of guilt parenting or or being friends uh, with their kids and and not really holding them to boundaries.
1: Yeah, that's a huge one, man. I I think there's a misperception that kids don't like structure, but kids actually thrive in situations and environments that are predictable. Um, Maybe what's predictable to them now is that you're not going to respond. You're not going to set a boundary. And so it is kind of a free for all, but uh, expectations um, really can create actually a sense of safety and comfort because your kid knows, where you stand it's clear it's concise it's consistent and predictable um and there is this like rebound effect when you start to put that into play right of this is new and this is different and this is not what i was predicting so there are these like blow-ups that happen but kind of trusting that hey putting these walls is actually going to create some some sense of safety and predictability and foundation for our relationship so we can work through stuff that's going on
0: yeah i really like that create a predictable environment with clear expectations and boundaries within the context of a relationship right like i think i think that sums up parenting right there have a good connection and relationship have a predictable environment and have clear expectations and boundaries we just solved all the the parenting (laughs) problems of the world (laughs) it's it's so easy right (laughs)
1: you until that critic and all the other stuff starts to play in man <laughs> yeah,
0: this is certainly not easy by any means riley any other last advice or thoughts that you have for parents out there
1: i think the biggest thing is not every fight or issue is worth going down a power struggle with sometimes we got to step back and let our kids struggle and find their own solutions i know as parents we care so much it's so easy to get into these Big power struggles, but just checking yourself and asking yourself, is this really what we need in this relationship right now? Is this an issue that needs to be addressed, or is there something bigger and deeper that's going on here that's driving this behavior,
0: this part? Yeah, that's awesome. Riley, this has been fun. I've enjoyed our time together talking about parenting. It's it's more fun talking about it than doing it. <laughs> we could just Ask- talk about, if we could just talk about parenting all the time, we'd be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find out uh more about you or the services that you offer
1: yeah um we got a website uh services.com. you can definitely reach out to me or look at our website over there um i also have some free content on uh the guardiansguide.com that's more specific towards parents um you know i i think it's just reaching out and I'm here. I'm happy to help and have conversations. Um, You know, I always tell people if it's something that I can't do, I'm definitely going to do what I can and try to get you connected and set up with someone that can. It's hard being a parent, man, Um, regardless of what your kid's age is. And we all got different behaviors that we're facing and trying to deal with and work through. So reaching out is a big part and a big tip, I think, of just knowing,
0: Shit, I don't know what I'm doing right now and that's okay, but I'm willing to go try
1: to figure out how to do this. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for everything that you do. There's a lot of therapists who never get out of their pajamas. You are out there in the trenches, in homes, helping people in, you know, some really tough situations. So I commend you for all the work that you're doing, all the work that Resolute Youth Services is doing and keep up the good work, Riley.
1: Appreciate it, Jamie. Thanks for having me on here, man. It was fun to
0: talk. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.